Welcome to another edition of your on-air series for the City Business Festival. City Business Festival this week has been focusing on agri and agribusiness and is brought to us by APSA with support from MTN, GIPC, IT Consortium and Gersel. My name is Bernard Avila. My guest today is the head of agribusiness at APSA, William Nettie. He'll help us appreciate the dynamics of financing agriculture with some insights into what the sector requires so agri and agribusiness can become a real driver of economic transformation. William, thanks for joining us again. Thank you, Bernard. How Good are you to doing? See you again. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Good. You are the head of agribusiness at APSA. What does that mean? Right, so I oversee the activities relating to agri in the whole bank, and this covers SME and what we call commercial, and then the corporate uh, business. Uh, this ranges from small businesses to large corporates, mm. basically just making sure that we can provide services to these uh, businesses to achieve what they set out to do. So agri and agribusiness is together as a portfolio. It is. It is. We, we, agri agriculture is, is a business on its own. So that's how we need to see it. And that's what we are, you know, pushing across to the whole, whole society that we shouldn't see agriculture as a different thing is the business and that, that we, we need to put our effort in and then the returns would come. So for agri itself, you lend to the whole value chain. We do. We do the value chain. We start right from the base, which is the input dealers. I mean, once they have the raw material that has not been converted into, you know, food or, or, or the resources that it has to be. So we support those in the inputs and the inputs include fertilizer, they include seed, they include uh, even some mechanization and other chemicals or um, things that are needed to plant. Then we move on to those who are into production. And then you know how the, we, the various crops, so we have the short-term crops, we have those who are medium-term, and then those who are long-term crops, and we, we, we support all of them. Beyond that is the, what we call the aggregators. So they have, because we do uh, farming in small holdings, we need to aggregate them. So they go as traders, mainly women, they go out there and then um, put them into aggregation and then they can supply, supply to processors or, or others who may be exporting. And we provide support across the value chain. So we have the people who are at the beginning, seed, fertilizer, inputs, yes. chemicals. Yes. And then you have the land clearing people yes. who are in production. Yes. Then you have the, of course, those who harvest and store and yes. aggregate. Yeah. Then beyond that, what about processing? So, for example, if somebody produces um, tomatoes and they want to do tomato paste, so or a basic tomato puree, do you also consider that as agribusiness? Because if you talk about value chain, because from planting the seed to harvesting and storing and now using the product to add value, is that also within your portfolio? It is, and it's a, it's a major part because, I mean, we can't continue to... Produce and once mm. we produce and in, in volumes, when there's there's a glut or mm. there's enough, we can't we can't consume it all. So mm. there's the need for value addition, and okay. that is where we even get value in mm. terms of whether we are exporting, whether we are consuming. It it, it gives value to, to it. So that mm. also forms part. When you look at the value chain, where would you say we are seeing increased activity within the need for finance? 
from the whole because I'm asking this because if I if you listen to the radio for example last week somebody asked a question in parliament about when fertilizer supplies will be paid and there's a lot of money yeah. so you can see how fertilizer becomes a big chunk of this so I'm just asking from that value chain you describe where do you what what can you say about the various financial needs and the sizes right i, I, I mean across the value chain there's opportunity there's mm -hmm. huge opportunity mm -hmm. i mean we have done a lot of of giving a lot of support to the input side so we have a number of clients who do the there's buying and, and selling of of inputs especially fertilizers and and this year more than ever the need has been there so we've we've provided support we are so beyond that is the is the producers and now people are beginning even younger people are beginning to see the need for uh, bigger farms and so we are also seeing a demand there and we want to be deliberate and focus there so that there will be a, a greater pool and a greater uh, harvest that will go into the processing. Processing, like I've said, is, is, is a driver because that's what will lead to the market. And so that's also big. We need to put in factories. We need to put in technologies that are right to be able to harvest. I mean, one of it can, is, is cashew. I mean, we harvest the cashew. We, process, we, we don't even process the cashew that much. And then we export Meanwhile, the, the fruit of the cashew falls and then goes waste. This can be converted into wine. It can be converted into other products which we have not taken advantage of. So there's a lot of potential and we, we need to really look at how mm -hmm. we can support. And we are at APSA, we are really ready to, to provide mm -hmm. that support. You said this year fertilizer has become big because we know that globally, because of the conflict, fertilizer has become a bit more difficult to get. So the price has really gone up. But we also see an increase in demand for fertilizer. When things like this happen, does an institution like yours say, you know what, let's create a special money for fertilizer because more people need it? Because I've heard farmers cry that they don't have access to fertilizer, partly because the government subsidizes it or at least makes the payments available to the suppliers. So just wondering whether the problems we are seeing in something like fertilizer directly affects you yet or it's much later that we'll start seeing the effect. Right. So we, we've supported fertilizer a, a lot starting mm. from last year. Okay. Last year because we anticipated the price increases. So mm. we started dealing with our clients mm -hmm. and then started supporting them so that they can buy early enough. Mm -hmm. They've done that. The, the prices, like you're saying, mm. or we are seeing is, is gone up. And so there's... In, in some instances, there's even a need for top-up in which we are looking at. With the prices going up, it mm -hmm. has also affected the, uh, the farmers and mm -hmm. because government's uh, share of the subsidy is gone down. And that is also, I think, a strategy to win off uh, uh, farmers to be able to be on their own and, and, and do business. So mm -hmm. uh, we've seen the, the uptake slowing down a bit. But, I mean, the season is starting in the north and I'm sure... It would pick up and farmers also being who they are are also beginning to find other crops that that uh, mm. they, they they can do to uh, you know support what, what what they originally do so yes there's there's huge potential there just mm. that with the increase in price uh, we need to keep an eye on on, on, yeah. on it. We, we are in a period where a huge government program for planting for food and jobs is in session yeah 
what did that mean for an institution like yours? I think they launched 2017, 2018. So it seemed to push a lot of attention on Agric. Yeah. Did you see a bump in inquiries, interest in asking for loans within that PFG period? Exactly. It did. It did because also government was going to pay a part of it. It was a subsidized pro project. So um, you, you saw people showing interest. And we had a lot of new entrants coming into, into the fertilizer market. And they, they, they are quite stable. They are still uh, doing business. Um, just that as, as time goes on, like government is, is waning off. The, the point becomes whether these fertilizer companies have become strong enough to be on their own because now you have to be taking uh, more of the facility from and then sell to the farmers. If farmers are buying, then that means that you have cash flows quickly to be able to pay and then and then grow. So we've seen we've seen a lot of growth in that side, but also people have took advantage of it and then started increasing their their acreages and and, and farming. So there's there's also an increase increase in that area too. Let's talk about what a person who wants to venture into the sector or who's already in the sector needs to show to start having a conversation with any kind of financial institution. Because as, as you said, from 2018, 2019, there's been a lot of interest. Mm -hmm. We even organized um, Operation Feed Yourself yeah. where a lot of people came to, particularly after the banking crisis, a lot of people said they wanted to go into agribusiness. Yeah. If you have a group of people who want to enter the sector and they want your advice on what are some of the things you need to think about from a money side so that you can be attractive to a bank or a financial institution to support you? What are some of the basic things you say to them? Yes, and, and we've always talked about this and, and we want to see a lot more where businesses, whether they are young businesses or growing business, will put their books in order. I mean, and so for that, we try to provide some kind of support to, to provide training for these uh, SMEs, but their, their books must be in order. So when I talk about their book, what are, how are their fina financials looking? If you're a, a norm, if you're a limited liability, are you doing your audited financials? Are you keeping your management account? You should have all this in place. Beyond that, you should have a cash flow that says that in the next year, in the next two years, this is where I'm going. This is what I'll need. This is how money will come in. And that will give the bank a sense of what you you really need and how you are going to repay them. Mind you, when you come to the bank or any financial institution, we'll give you a facility, there's an interest on it. You have to factor that into all that you are doing and your, the, the income that you are generating, whether it will, it, will, it will match. So you need to do that. As you go along, you also need to learn to build some, what we call fallback or collateral or something that, that you, own on, you, you hold on to. Because at some point, as you grow, you would need that to balance uh, any other uh, facility that you take. So these are some of the basic things that, that we need to, to put in place. Our bank conduct is, is critical. It's important because if you don't run your accounts very well, that's what the bank sees. It's just like, you know, this is your, 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 your exams report. And so if it's not looking good, it, it, it puts a, a dent on, on your credibility and then you are not able to assess finances. Mm. Let's talk about the, the cycle of Agric and whether the financial institutions are amenable to that. What I mean is, if I 
if I'm going to do buying and selling, I basically just go, it's, it's one off. I come, I get, I sell, then I get more money. But a Greek is very time sensitive. So for example, if I'm planting maize, the onset of the rainy season is very important. Mm. The planting season is very time bound. Yeah. If I get the money after the planting season is over, it's wasted. Mm. How do you factor those cycles into your model? Because you have to still go through the checks. Mm. You have to check to make sure I'm, I'm okay. How does the, the, the agric lending unit of a bank like yours factor the cycles of agriculture into their their sector? I'll, I'll go back to the issue of the value chain. And so we look at every activity on the value chain on, it, on its own. You, we need to have an understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, banks are beginning to to put more effort into agriculture. And so we are learning more. We are getting into training, making sure that we, we get people to support us to, to understand these uh, areas. Mm-hmm. What it is is that if you are doing a fertilizer, and like I mentioned before, we know when fertilizer uh, starts uh, going out in this country, when the season is starting in, in mm-hmm. February, March, thereabouts. Mm-hmm. But also you need to understand the times. And to, and to react to the times. So we know that fertilizer season starts when the rains start uh, down south in the maybe late February, March. Now the seasons are, are changing a bit. So we, we, we understand that. When you give somebody to go and buy fertilizer and, and give out to, to farmers who would plant a short-term crop, so like three months, mm-hmm. you have to take that into consideration. So these are the, the discussions that are had whilst you are, you are, you are structuring the, the, the transaction. You do mm-hmm. that, and then you move on to, uh, depending on the, 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 the cycle of the, of the crop that is being planted, you, you, you structure it like that. So you can give the person maybe a four month, that means that after the three months or so, uh, you give the person some time to be able to harvest and then, and then sell and, and repay. So we look at all, all of those in, de- in determining the cycles and how long, they take if the person tells you that look i'm going to do a crop that takes seven months or six mm-hmm. months you can't say that oh okay yes pay me in 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 six months time because the the the, the crop will not be ready so you need to factor that in um we do that for even those who are into production i've mentioned that and even those who are into aggregation so the person is going to buy when he buys a, 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 the produce he has to clean it, he has to dry it, he has to package it, he has to ship it to a destination. You need to factor all this into the cycle of the load and then structure it accordingly. If not, we will have issues. This is the City Business Festival. We're talking Greek and agribusiness. My guest is William Nete, head of agribusiness for APSA. He's here as part of the City Business Festival, which incidentally is brought to us by APSA with support from MTN, Gersal, GIPC and IT Consortium. We'll be right back. The entire month of June has been dedicated to business on City TV and 97.3 City FM. The City Business Festival will give entrepreneurs, SMEs, and individuals the needed insights and knowledge to advance their businesses. Join the weekly business forums every Tuesday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. live on City TV for discussions on various thematic areas each week, beginning with Week 1, Reimagining the Digital Economy. Week 2, Resetting 
Raising your SME after COVID-19. Week 3, the Ghana opportunity. Week 4, consumer market. Week 5, agribusiness. Also, tune in every weekday morning for the City Business Festival on-air series on the City Breakfast Show on 97.3 City FM to acquire the information you need to kickstart, grow, improve, strengthen, and expand your business. There will be a lesson for every business with the City Business Festival this June only on City TV, 97.3 City FM, and on CNR Digital. The City Business Festival, proudly sponsored by Absa Bank and supported by MTN Momo, MTN Business, IT Consortium, the Ghana Investment Promotion Center, and Gersol. Welcome back to the City Business Festival on air series. It's here on CTFM and also on CTTV. My guest is William Nete. He's head of agribusiness for APSA, Agri and Agribusiness. We're trying to understand how finance works in agriculture. So, William, so far we've spoken about agriculture from the plant perspective. A lot of people in animal husbandry, a lot of people in poultry complain that they don't get any support. It's not just even from finance. The, the poultry guys don't even get feed, right? And of course, the feed is a fin up of soy and, and maize. If you look at your portfolio, for every, every 10 people you support, would any of them be in um, outside agronomy? Just because it, it, it will seem to me as if the poultry guys and the animal rarists, th- their business is not that much developed here and they struggle so much. I wonder if they feature at all in your, in your, in your lending. No, they do. We 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 have some some um, poultry farmers on our on our books, and some of them have done very well over the years. Um, some have been challenged also along the line because of circumstances, and we know some of the issues that that's come up uh, every so often. So um, it's an area that you need to to have a hold on. But um, we we look at agree on it you know on its merit and, and on on you know we do both the crop and and, and the animals just mm. that if you look at the the breakdown mm. of of crops to uh, uh, livestock or any of those things that forms a very small part it forms about 10 percent of of you know all all the agriculture we do so it's it's a smaller part how do we get it to to grow and like you said sometimes it's just the issue about even the, the, the feed that, that is produced. You need maize, you need soya. Prices have rocketed, I mean, so high. So sometimes it just throws off uh, all the cash flows and everything that have been developed and it, it becomes a, a challenge. So it's an area that stakeholders have to put a, a lot more effort. How do we get these raw materials positioned in the way that they can get it regularly over a long period of time? To be able to, you know, continue produ- production because if the price keeps escalating at the rate at which it does, it doesn't allow anybody to plan, and then it it it, it gets. In, in terms of crops, back to crops. So, m- rice looks interesting. I I know that Ghana is trying to do import substitution, mm-hmm. and when I listen to the discussions between the ministries of trade and agri, I get the sense rice. Um, soya bean, um, poultry, and then tomatoes. tomatoes. Mm-hmm. They, they want to basically make us sufficient there 
for rice. We did a major rice campaign on City a few mm. years ago. Yeah, and there appeared to be a lot of interest. Yeah. How, did you see any, any movement in rice mills? The number of people who wanted support for general rice paddy? Because you know the rice is not just growing the rice. If you don't have milling capacity, you are not mm. able to. So just give me a, a quick sense of, did you see any action at all in the milling side? Any inquiries around warehousing? Okay, so so the the major thing that your your um, drive did was to increase the or create an you know an awareness and and people began to to ask um, what we saw rather was in all in the production, okay, to increase production. So people actually people, started producing more oh, yes, rice yes, after are, the twenty nineteen campaign. We are seeing we are seeing. Um, Younger people, even bigger farms. We visited one at Akuse somewhere, you know, huge areas that are coming on stream that they are developing. So, yes, there, there, there is the, the demand and there is the, the drive to go in. It's, it's just that usually with these, these let, let's, put, let's take the, the processing mm-hmm. or the rice meals. Are we going to get constant supply? Is the market ready to take it that quickly? And so from, from me, what I, I see is that we need to sustain the, you know, the drive to get this thing out there, the news out there, for Ghanaians to eat more of that, for that to be, you know, and, and that to drive, drive a, lot of, a lot of change. I mean, in terms of storage and all, we don't have enough. And I know that uh, with the drive to, to buy more people would, people would keep going. What about the exporters? So we know there are people in pineapple, people in these uh, non-traditional exports which are food. Exactly. Is that also considered under a Greek where you have, because I'm asking this because I know that beyond simply producing to export, some people are now interested in things like a cold um, storage facilities. So I, I have a friend who is now trying to build a system where when he produces the vegetables mm-hmm. or the fruits from the farm to factory or to the shelf, the temperature is kept at a certain level. Yeah. And is that also considered part of your agri portfolio or that's under export finance? No, it's it's directly under agri, agri okay. finance and anything that relates to agri, agri. And just that, I mean, if the person needs a cold room or a cold van, then we'll place it under... Uh, commercial asset financing, which we have to cater for for this thing, but we work we work collaboratively just to make sure that these uh, requests um, are, are supported. Yes, we it, it's an area that for us we are really engaged in and and want to even do more, and we are aggressively going out there and identifying people in the exports uh, areas to to support them. We've done some of cashew, we've done some of soya. We are looking at, you know, other areas, vegetables and fruits that mm. that come in. Uh, so, yes, it's an area that we are driving and we want to see a lot of growth there. That will bring us foreign exchange and, and stabilize our... The, 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 the nature of agri, as I see it, in countries that feed themselves, ironically, you have fewer people in agri because they have larger scale farms. Yeah. So there's this graph you, you, you study where the more people there are farming, the less productive the country is. But the fewer people there are in farming, 
the more they yield. What are your thoughts around large-scale farming and from a financing side as well? How do you feel that is going to be the key to transforming the sector? Bernard, Agri contributes a lot to uh, our labor force and, and employment in the country. So we have to also have our minds on that as we, as we look at other, other areas. Um, we have a lot of smallholder farmers. And so for us, if we are not able to reach them directly, individually, what we, we are looking to do or what we do usually is to get a larger farmer who has these uh, outgrowers under their control and can reach out to them with the various inputs and whatever uh, services they need and then work through them or work with them to reach the out. We don't want to lose sight of these smallholder farmers. What we want to do is that these smallholder farmers would begin to do bigger farms. So it moves from one, one acre to five acres to 10 acres, that sort of thing. But I think that for us as a nation to see significant growth, we need to have some large farms and, and, and focus on them. Make sure that we are getting the, the yields and, 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 and all of that so that we can, we can compare to other countries. Our major problem has been yields mainly. Even when we've done crops that we are very comfortable with, we are not matching up to what uh, other countries are doing. And that, that is a, a thing that we need to work on. I think that there, there's the need for a shift into larger farms. I know that in the north, uh, there was a project that, that sought to support farmers to in, in increase their... And we have a young man there who is increased as thousands of acres and, and we are really supporting him to, to even expand. More. So in that case, things like combined harvesters, tractors, are there any... What's the, what's the approach to that? So do you say, I'm giving you money to go buy a tractor? Because I also know people want to sort of rent tractors. They want to share combined harvesters because they are a group of small farmers. How do you, how do you treat those types of equipment in terms of lending? Uh, so we deal, we deal with them also as, as, as a chain. I mean, there are those who import these uh, equipment and we provide support to them. Mm -hmm. There are those who, who, who are able to buy um, maybe a few of them and, and, and also may need support, so we provide to them. What we also do is, like I said, the use of um, the lead farmers or lead aggregators who are able to buy and then support, provide hiring services mm -hmm. to these smallholder farmers. And we, we support quite a, a number of them under mm -hmm. um, commercial asset financing uh, uh, department. Mm -hmm. So we are able to buy you a tractor, we, you keep it mm -hmm. over the, uh, we give you a, a, a period, mm -hmm. a period of time to pay. I mean, usually long enough for you to be able to generate Mm -hmm. to generate uh, income to, to pay and uh, structure it based on the uh, on the area you are, the crops you are doing and all of that, just to make sure that you'll be able to pay and also provide mm -hmm. the services. It can be hiring, it can be your own farming, it can be supporting other outgrowers. The, the Ghana incentive-based risk sharing system for agricultural lending, GESA, uh, started its operations in 2019. And I know that this week they are doing a lot of activities. What do you think they can, what, what, what difference do you think they will make 
in your work as your head of agribusiness yes. in one of Ghana's biggest banks, Gersal has come on board. What is your understanding of what Gersal can do to make it easier for you to lend to people? I must put it this way. What what has Gersal done? Okay. Yeah, so, so this already started working. Oh, yes, definitely. Fantastic. We, we worked with Gersal since uh, I joined the bank and, mm-hmm. you know, since they came on, on stream. And, mm-hmm. and it's been a very good working relationship. One, they provide us with some kind of uh, cover that helps us to be able to, to take a bit more risk. Uh, we are not taking uncalculated risk. We work with them. We do site visits, we do farm visits, we uh, reach out to farms, sometimes mm-hmm. providing technical support. Mm-hmm. And I think that is also critical for us and that has, that has significantly helped in the, in the uh, transactions that, that we do. Mm-hmm. So apart from the cover, the, the, the technical support they, they provide. And, and sometimes they, they give us opportunity to go out there and see what others are doing and then try and bring that that's down. So if you, if you look at what they, they started in 2019, so in the next five years, do you foresee a reduction in the risk of agri? Because when I spoke to you a few years ago, I think one of the key concerns about agri was risk because of all the f- rain-fed agriculture, drought, and all of those things. How does, how do you see the risk portfolio of the sector? Because I'm sure when you go for your meetings and they are looking at every unit lending, when they come to agri, your risk is very high. Uh-huh. So, so in a sense, guess what's going to help your numbers look better? Well, so, so it gets comfort. Mm. It gets comfort to the bank to say that, yes, you can lend in this area. Not just, not just covering yourself to, because of risk. We are not, if it's too risky, we have to take a decision. But we know that Gessel also provides technical support. So we work together on that. Um, I don't think that uh, the, the risk is excessive in, in agriculture. And looking forward into the next five years, I think that it's going to really, really make a change. Um, beyond Gessel, there are others who are also supporting with uh, risk mitigation and that that gives a lot of a lot of comfort mm. um the, the capacity building i must emphasize as well. and this capacity building is for financial institutions it's for the financial institutions which means that there's a lot to still learn about the dynamics of the sector even for somebody or even for financial institutions because financial institutions are very good at for example i'll, tell, I'll give you like most people on energy projects i know who explain energy to me well are bankers Mm-hmm. There are many housing. There are lots of because your, the bankers' track record in those sectors are strong, and because you want to be sure you know the industry you lend to. Mm. Financial guys are very good in, in a lot of sectors. sectors yeah. It seems as if that capacity is now being built with gas out in agri too. Definitely, mm. definitely. I, I think that that's one of the key areas that is is of great support to the to the financial institutions. Mm. Um, I must say that we have other partners that provide support in various ways. And, but Gesal, Gesal supports towards building capacity within within this uh, sector is, wow. is, is very key and, and it's going to be a game changer for us. Fantastic. Thank you for talking to us. Always a pleasure. Uh, we look forward to hearing you talk about the benefits of your hard work. Uh, William Native is almost like a campaigner for agri, an agri business. He says, I have money. Let's give it to you to come and farm, but let's yeah. do it well yeah. so that we can grow together so I can get more money for you. Yeah. 
So he's almost like a, a, a banking partner for agriculture. And he's been speaking to us on the City Business Festival. This is our final week. We've been looking at agri and agribusiness. Thank you so much for watching. Don't forget this program is brought to you by APSA with support from MTN, GIPC, Gersel, and IT Consulting.